Today's episode of Sports Headlines is presented by Podgo. What's Podgo? Well, Warner, Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast. Providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space, so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. So you're telling me that if I include an ad from Podgo, they're going to tell me up front how much I'll make? Of course. If you apply today, actually, to become a member, you'll be immediately connected with advertisers that fit your audience. Really? So it'll be specified for my show and my type of podcast? Yeah. So all you have to do is go to podgo.co, P-O-D-G-O dot co, C-O. And when you apply, make sure you add our podcast, Sports Headlines, and the How Did You Hear About Podgo section of the application. All right. I'll do that as soon as I can. Yep, again, that's podgo.co, P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. Let's get back to today's episode. Welcome back, everybody, to a new episode of Sports Headlines. Uh, We uh, didn't have an episode yesterday due to time constraints, but we are back today, and we had a big weekend to recap. So uh, let's welcome Sean into the uh, Zoom call, and, and let's get things going. What's up? No, no, that wasn't the move there. But anyway, let's up, let's go. And uh, I think we're gonna stick with the uh, who's an idiot. I think we're gonna maybe I might have to change that. That sounds kind of messed up, like the name. But the who's idea. an idiot with Sean Davis. Huh? Who's an idiot with Sean Davis? Yeah, maybe maybe change the name. Really, a little. really, really, I guess featuring Sean Davis because he's always an idiot. Um, uh-huh. Who, who else besides Sean Davis is an idiot? We'll call it that. That's the new segment. But nope. Um, nope. let's let's start uh, with things. Um, Alabama's a juggernaut. Super wild card weekend went, you know, as expected and then not as expected at all. Um, let's start off. Idiot number one. I said I have a couple of idiots to make up for yesterday and today. Idiot number one is you and Warren. You no, have no, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. Weekend because I said, I went with my guns. I said, you know what? Pittsburgh has shown flaws over since really the JV game against Baltimore. And they have not looked good, especially Ben in the offense. And I said, I'm going to roll my guns, even though Kevin, St- I knew Kevin, St- even though Stefanski was gone, even though Baker Mayfield was going to have to introduce himself to two new offensive linemen to the locker room, for Christ's sakes. And the defense is atrocious. And by the way, people were talking about Ben after the game. Like, oh, my God, he had 500 pass yards. The guy had four interceptions. Four. And he only had so many passing yards because the Browns were playing a soft zone prevent because it was garbage time. So. Right. So, um, good job. Really good job. So, I will yeah. say, not even you expected Baker Mayfield to go out there and put up almost fi- almost a 50-piece on that Steelers defense without Stefanski. Right? No, nobody expected that one. Um I don't. I don't care how high you were on the Browns. You could have said they're going to win twenty-eight to uh, twenty-eight to twelve or something, but nobody expected the Browns to go ahead and uh, almost drop a fifty bomb on the Steelers. What a game, though, from from Baker Mayfield and the Browns. They just came at them from all angles, all facets of the game. They dominated, and I mean, from the first snap, you could tell it was going to go downhill. Um, it from from Pittsburgh, Pouncey and, and all all world center, a veteran in the league. Um, who's played at a high level for probably at least eight years, um, airmailed the snap over his head. That 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 immediately gave me flashbacks to the Seattle 
uh, Denver Super Bowl when uh, the first half Peyton wasn't ready for it and it went down to the end zone for uh, a safety. Um, and Ben's like six six two, so you know you have to really put it up there. And I think you know it was just the Browns. The Browns is the Browns. Um, but at the end of the day, the Browns were a better team, and um, yeah, the Browns were the Browns, and and whooped up on on Pittsburgh. Um, projections for Pittsburgh though next year, I think they're going to have a new quarterback. I don't think Juju's going to be on that team anymore. I think he's going to sign somewhere else. I don't even no, no, I'm not even saying that because he, you know, because of the because the TikTok dancing on the logo or or because of his Browns comments. I'm just saying I think he's going to leave. I thought he was going to leave since before the Bengals game when that when Corvette Corvette really became a thing. Um, but I, I think we're not going to see Juju on that team. I don't know if, um, I, I doubt we'll see Ben Roethlisberger. He said he doesn't want to play if he's hurting the team. He only wants to play if he's helping them. He obviously threw four interceptions. He hurt the team. Um, and then the defense, we'll see where, where they go. Um, just based off of contract wise, I think they're still going to be good next year, but, um, you, you never know, um, in terms of, who they're going to be able to get back because a lot of guys had um, had a good year. So their value could have been inflated, you know, um, say, I hate to do this, but say, say like the Packers have nobody um, on, on their defense who can tackle. So Blake Martinez's tackle numbers went and got inflated and he got a bigger contract in New York. And, you know, I'll honestly say he's playing a lot better, um, but he did not play well in Green Bay. They didn't feel like paying that price tag. New York did. So New York got him, even though his um, his numbers got inflated. James Conner, after this season, is an unrestricted free agent. This is the last year of his rookie deal. Uh, he's going into his age 26 season, so he's probably going to be gone. Uh, he didn't do too much for him this year. He had one good season. One, I, I mean, it wasn't really a good season. It was just a hype season because of, um, of the low expectations for him. But I, this, I think this offense – is going to have to build around Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson and, and uh, find themselves a quarterback in this draft. You mean Deontay drops them? Hey, he's still a beast. He'll, he'll figure it out. I, I got faith in him. He'll, he'll figure it out. You have faith in Deontay drops him, you said? I have faith. I have, <coughs> I have more faith, that, faith in Deontay Johnson than I do in Marquez Valdez-Scantling. And I have faith in Marquez Valdez-Scantling. He's shown a lot of things, especially to close off this season that um, boy, oh boy, it could either be a really exciting playoffs or a crucial drop in, in a crucial moment in the playoffs. So um, we'll see guarantee what happens there. I guarantee we won't be seeing Aaron Rodgers on Aaron Rodgers Tuesday after a playoff loss. I'm telling we we needed to figure out some way to broadcast this game because I'm going to rub it all in your face when the Packers jump out to a two-score two lead. You're, you're going to be excited when they jump out to a two-score lead. Notice, I didn't say anything about my Browns pick until they were up by 28. So you're saying the Packers need to have a four-score lead to feel comfortable? The Rams, not are, not, the Rams are not an explosive offense. Come on now. Not necessarily a four-score lead, but, I mean, just say, like, 10-0 is nothing to be excited about. Okay. Two touchdown lead. When, when the Packers score a touchdown on their first two drives and it's 14 nothing going into the Packers' third drive, I'm going to start rubbing it in your face. Just Go ahead. Like yeah. And then yeah. when the Rams come back and win, I'm going to make it. 
Yeah, the Rams. Jared Goff going to lead the crew down the field. Yeah. Uh-huh. You're a hater. Okay, <laughs> By the way, okay. the most yards James Connors ever ran for in a season was uh, 973 two years ago. He was injured last year. He ran for four. The year held out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he ran for 721 uh, this past season on uh, 170 attempts. So all I'm saying is in 2016 to 2018, the Steelers had probably the best run blocking offensive line in the league. And James Conner really used that to his advantage, broke out. But I don't think he's getting a second contract with the Steelers. I think he'll get a contract, uh, but probably not to be a lead back anywhere. And, And I think most certainly not with the Steelers. Yeah. All right, let's go on to the next game. Oh, I thought Warner was getting juice. Um, <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna let you do that one, but uh, uh you wanna go Ravens? You, you wanna stay AFC? Sure, stay AFC. Right, Ravens, Titans, or Bills, Bills, uh, Colts? Uh, let's go Bills, Colts. Let's do it. I, that that game went very, very much how I expected it to. Yeah, close game. Phil Rivers just couldn't get it done, uh, and it's not even like he threw a bad throw. There was a penalty that moved him back, um, or. I think it was a penalty that moved him back and then they had a fourth and 11 and with four seconds to go. So it was, it was Hail Mary time at that point. And the bills finally successfully developed or uh, defended a Hail Mary. So um, let's just be thankful that the bills didn't trade for Deandre Hopkins and they got Stefan Diggs instead. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, and Josh Allen looks like this was a big game for him. Um, you know, he, he had to carry this team in all facets of the game, um, running the ball, passing the ball. I mean, man, just give all the credit in the world to him. And the defense was really kind of bend but don't break. And that, and that's fine. That can win you um, some big games and deep in the playoffs. And as long as they do that, I guess if you contain Lamar Jackson, which we, I guess we kind of transition to that game now, I, I, I'm, I picked uh, – let me check out – uh, who I picked, I believe I picked, um, I, yeah, I did pick, I picked Buffalo to win this game. I think it'll be kind of similar to the uh, Buffalo indie game, be close, competitive, it's going to come down to final possession or two, who's going to win the game. And right now, Zoli may be have more faith in Josh Allen. Yeah, right now. To lead a two-minute drive than Lamar. Yeah, right now, it's only a handful of guys, maybe about four or five that I'm taking in a life or death situation right now. Life or death, maybe six or seven, because Matthew Stafford is when it comes when you need a big time drive. It, Matthew Stafford uh, knows how to put together a big time drive, but um, you know, there's only a handful of guys that I'm taking over Josh Allen right now. Obviously, A. Rod, Patty Mahomes, Deshaun. Russell Wilson, still mm. Russell Wilson. Russ, yeah. Uh, and then, like, life or death, you could throw on Matt Stafford and Brady, probably because of experience, and that's it. Yeah. Right? So, Josh Allen's just playing on such a high level right now. Uh, not that this matters, but ESPN's matchup predictor has the Ravens favored 51.4%. The Bills at <laughs> home, Bills Mafia. The Bills should be fair to win this game, but let's transition to the Ravens game. Uh, Warner, what are your thoughts on that game? Yeah, um, yay, Lamar got his first playoff win. I'm happy for him, but 
it was not because of his passing ability. And that's what, that's what people have been waiting to see. Can you win a playoff game? Can you win any game on a, on, you know, a clutch drive, a close game, you need a drive. Can he march down the field throwing outside of the numbers towards the, the, the out of bounds markers in the edge line um, and, and get the ball down the field. And he threw the ball 24 times, completed 17 of them for 179 yards and, uh, and a pick. So he didn't have some spectacular game where he threw for 250 and two touchdowns, no picks. Um, and that's not even like a spectacular game. Um, Ryan Tannehill wasn't much better. He threw for 165, a touchdown and a pick. So I'm not saying Tannehill outplayed him in this game, but I will say Lamar is still a dominant runner and he will continue to be for at least the next three seasons, barring some significant injury. Um, 16, he ran the ball 16 times for 136 yards. He had that 48 yard house call. Um, that was a great play, by the way. Like, and that's something I was really looking for from Lamar, hanging in the pocket. And then at, then we like, okay, you go through all your reads, then you escape the pocket. That's what he did on that play. So that's a spectacular play on Lamar's part. Yeah. Um, and then of course there was the, there was an inverted option as well um, that he took for a big gain, almost another touchdown. Dobbins was pretty good. He only had nine carries. Uh, him, him and Edwards really split the load. They both averaged 4.8 yards in attempt and um, really effective running game all around. But I think the credit here has to go to the defense. Um, when, when, if you're a defense and your offense scores 20 points and you win the game, you should be proud. Um, the, the Titans only scored 13. They got a turnover off of, um, off of Ryan Tannehill, the, the Marcus Peters pick. Really to see yeah, the game. game. The uh, receiver slipped in it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but they they did a masterful job on Derrick Henry. 18 carries for 40 yards, under two and a half yards a carry. That is how you do it. That is how you don't get embarrassed. And if you oh, want to just, okay. because, I'm going to be controversial here for a second. Maybe this is why Earl Thomas isn't on the team right now. I, I'm I'm joking, of course. I, I I think I think he's still a very very good player and. Um, but anyways, um, Derrick Henry, guess what his longest run of the night was? Eight yards. That's how you stop Derrick Henry. The Texans can take uh, more than just a few lessons out of this. Um, Corey Davis, again. Limited. He didn't Huge play a lot. Just like against uh, the Packers when Alexander was on him. No catches, no yards. Um, he has really benefited from Derrick Henry and A.J. Brown being the primary options for this team. I think his contract this upcoming offseason is going to be less than if he had gone off um, or at least played a competent, valuable role and not gotten locked down uh, for no catches. Uh, but A.J. Brown is a beast as always. And um, all I can say is great job by Baltimore's defense. If they can play like this, then I think they have a, a shot against the, uh, the Bills. I do still pick the Bills to win the game, mainly because of quarterback play. Um, yes, Zach Moss is out, but Singletary is still a very capable back. They signed Devonta Freeman uh, for this game. Now, I don't even know if he'll get a single carry, but he's at least there if they need him. Um, but this, this Ravens secondary against the Bills receivers is going to be very, very entertaining. I believe Cole Beasley should be back uh, this week. I don't think he played against the Colts. He played. He was just, like, limited. Um, yeah, he, he did play, however. Um, and then let's go over – well, we can't talk about the uh, Browns and Steelers already. So let's go over to the NFC side of things. The Rams and the Seahawks. Man, oh, man. As Sean says, through a yawn. Go yawning. <laughs> um, this just, like, this defense, my God. Hey, 
Credit to the Rams, too. 30 points. I didn't think they were going to be able to do it. And I, mean, I know Sean McVay is a genius and he's a great coach, but I just didn't have faith in Jared Goff. It's not a Sean McVay thing, it's a Jared Goff thing. But um, speaking of not having faith in anybody, how about Taylor Heineke, the Washington football team? Taylor Heineke. The Washington football team quarterback, he might have just secured himself a, a spot on the roster next year. He honestly might have. Um, the way their quarterback situation is looking, my goodness, that's bad. No, um, Sean, I, I want to get your uh, feelings on John Wolford real quick in his, mm-hmm. you know, limited time, obviously being knocked out with a head injury on that hit by Jamal Adams, um, yep. which he technically expects- was a legal hit. It was the shoulder. Now, you don't want to hit a guy in the head. But um, it wasn't a helmet talent contact, but go ahead. Yep. Um, and also really, really quickly, um, Sean McVay uh, basically is being very secretive again about, like, the quarterback situation, obviously, which is fine. But he is also saying – um, Yeah, true. And there are reports that uh, Wolford would be potentially available for Sunday's – or Sunday. Yeah, Sunday. Yes, by Sunday. Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, Sunday's game. But anyway, to answer the question – Reason why Wolford started, I mean, now we we know Goff could have started. Actually, you guys play Saturday. Um, is because Wolford can do a little, a, a couple of things. You can be more creative with Wolford um, in the offense. Maybe dial up a read option to throw him off a little bit, right? So you know, just run a straight QB sweep. I think they ran that a few times in the game before he got knocked out. Yeah. So you know, it, it just opens up your your play sheet really quickly. I have two more uh, um, idiots of the day. One of them will say it to the end of the episode. Two more? Yep. I'm, one of them's right now. Idiot of the day. This is wait, what game? What, what day was this game played? Saturday? Saturday? Is that right? Yeah, Saturday. So, idiot of the day for Saturday. So, the other idiot was for Sunday, which was you. Okay. Um, so, I'll make it up for a weekend. Any of the day for Sunday was you. Any of the day for Saturday, I'm about to get to. And the idiot day for yesterday is yesterday slash today. It's going to be at the end of the show. Okay? Okay. Any of the day for Saturday, which is on this episode, is the Seattle Seahawks, specifically Pete Carroll and the offense. I, I said this. I think I tweeted something out about this. If you have a five-star chef, Right? You said this all year long. Everybody's gonna, like, every chef is gonna have, you know, a dish or two, maybe three, where you're like, oh crap, you know, that's not what you're, what we were expecting, or oh, hey, maybe just a little small kitchen fire here and there, right? But that doesn't mean you have that five star chef who is on working, who traditionally does entrees, just because it's a occasional kitchen fire or a bad dish or two, you slide them down to desserts, okay? No, that's the daggone best chef you got. You keep him on entrees, and if he has a bad dish or two, or just a small kitchen fire or two, you keep rolling with them. If you're not following my analogy, let Russell Wilson cook. The, as soon as they went back to this conservative balance, we're going to run a football 25 times. Well, let, me, let me get the numbers here. They ran, Yeah, they ran about 25 times. They threw the ball 27 times. So the minute, the absolute second, they went back to this conservative, balanced offense where they're going to run the ball down your throat 25-plus times a game, immediately the ceiling of this offense went down. And, yeah, you can say, well, the defense has kind of played better. Who cares? 
This is an offensive-driven league, okay? Unless your defense is going to play like the Niners from last year, the Rams this year, or you have – The Bears from 2018. The Bears, the Jags from 2017. Unless you have one of those defenses, who gives a crap? You roll your best chances to win is with your offense. And you significantly – they've done this for the past three years now. Russ will have it, – it's broke. This is why Russ cost himself an MVP last year. It's, it's like – Stretches are key. Yeah, you can have a bad game hit Aaron Rodgers. He's had a bad game this year. But you can still win MVP. If you have a stretch, then you're in trouble. Russell has three years has had a stretch, probably two to three week stretch, some point during the season, typically right subpar play. Typically right dab in the middle, because he'll start hot middle of the season out of like a two, three week stretch, you're like, uh, what happened? And then after that, they're like, oh, crap, now we have to run the ball again. No, you don't. No, you do not, okay? Your best chances to win football games, to win the Super Bowl again, is with Russell Wilson and letting Russ cook, okay? So idiot, the second idiot of this episode is the offense in the Seattle Seahawks. So there goes my little rant on that. Yeah, I'll say Russ only completed 11 passes on 27 attempts. He's a rhythm um, and, player, too. And DK Metcalf was getting locked down. Now, um, I, I understand your point on on let Russ that, cook. I that's think not just yesterday. That's I, the- think it's, I think it's the right thing to do. But you do have to realize they only ran the ball 20 times with running backs. 25 times total. They, they ran the ball to DJ Moore once. Russell Wilson had five carries. Um, and then Chris Carson ran the ball 16 times. Hyde ran it four times. The com- uh, combined for the running backs were 83 yards or 82 yards, sorry. 77 from Carson and only five from Carlos Hyde. So it wasn't like they were running the ball 25, 35 times a game. Um, But Metcalf was getting locked down and still had five catches for 96 yards. My only question is – Wait, really quickly. Where did Tyler Lockett go? Because if you remember, he had that huge game against – who was it? Was it Arizona? Yeah, Arizona. He had that huge – he had 200 yards against Arizona. That was, the, that, was the, that was the first game where people were like, uh, what happened to Russ? Yeah, that, he threw three picks and set in a game-sealing interception to Isaiah Simmons. Um, but he has really fallen off since then, just um, game by game. He's still a capable receiver, but, I mean, he went from the number one guy to having, in the last four weeks of the season – except for the Niners game where he had 12 catches for 90 yards against a Niners team that wasn't playing for anything. He had two catches against the Rams, three against the Rams again, four against Washington, five against the Jets, six against the Giants, three against the Eagles. Um, and then, of course, the, the nine against um, against the Cardinals. And then the week the, the first meeting with the Cardinals, he had the 15 for 200. Um, so the last two months of the season has been really unproductive from Tyler Lockett. Another reason why you got the number one receiver going into next season, but it's Metcalf who's being trailed by Jalen Ramsey, not Tyler Lockett. So Lockett, if you understand what I'm saying, Metcalf should be the one taking more of a back seat when he has the best press corner, I think press man corner in the league on him in Ramsey. You should have Lockett stepping up against their number two or number three guy in the slot. Um, Whoever he's going up against matching up against, I don't care if it's a safety or a linebacker, he should be winning those matchups, it's not like it's Jalen Ramsey and, and uh, it's not like it's the Mar- Marcus Peters, Marlon Humphrey duo or, or something like that, 
or Stephon Gilmore, J.C. Jackson. It's it's Jalen Ramsey and then somebody else. Hey, Darius Williams is still good. Calm down. He's good. He's good. But if Ty, Tyler Lockett should be at least he should be beating him for more than just two catches for forty three yards. And that's another reason why I say you got to let Russ cook because again now players are not pr- producing at the levels they were. Like when Russ was on a tear at the start of the year, yeah, you you were seeing Lockett go off absolutely. And then now I mean like he finished with an easy even um 100 catches also on the year. Yeah. Um so I think it we have New Orleans uh, New Orleans to Chicago that game kind of went how I expected even though the score says kind of dominant um Chicago was in it. I mean Wims just absolutely dropped it. Mid- My it was a great it was a great play call by Matt Nagy. And Mitch, we, we don't say that much either, huh? We don't say that much. Great play call by Matt Nagy. I mean, no, seriously. I know. And and that was just an absolute dime by Mitchell Trubisky, and it literally just goes. Watch this is the ball. right through. And I, and I tweeted out after that. I was like, that just cost the Bears the game. They they uh, stalled on fourth down. In New Orleans, that cost in the hey, game. If I'm correct, it would have been a 17-10 game at that point, or a 14-10 no. game at that point. Um, no, it would have been um, it would have been 10-7, I believe. They would have been up. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. you're right, you're right, you're right. Let me just um, double. Let me just fact check. No, no, it would have been 7-7. It would have been 7-7, 7-7, and then they would later on in the game um, kick a field goal that would put them up 10-7. They would have went in the halftime, getting the ball back. 10-7, but instead they were down 7-3 and really couldn't get anything going on offense. Really, my favorite part about that game was not the um, not being streamed on Nickelodeon. I, I kind of found that a little bit annoying. I'm sure it would be fun for the more casual football fan, but I think I'm going to stick to the CBS broadcast um, yeah, for me personally. I, 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 I'm going to stick to Tony Romo calling out every play before the play <laughs> happens. Oh, yeah. This is a uh, 21 uh, formation Expect a boot out to the left side and, and watch Tremont. He's going to throw to the Z receiver who's going right. to who's gonna be running a slant, but he's going to stop in the zone, in between the zone of the Mike and the sandbacker right, uh, right in front of the strong safety. Right. And like um, the casual and the fans are like, um, I only understood one word out of a slant. <laughs> um, so, anyways, my biggest takeaway from that game is what a way for Jimmy Graham to go out. I know. He, he, just, was, he just one hands to catch. And then it was a great cast too. It was over Demario Davis and Malcolm Jenkins, I think. I know he just like one hand. Throws I think it was with the left hand though, one hand, and just drop it. That that, that was like so symbolic. See you next year, miss you, Drew Brees. Before I miss, miss you, Drew. Brees. I love you. I miss you. But um, hey, Jimmy Graham had a really um, a comeback year, honestly, this year. I mean, with the way he played with Green Bay last year, the way he the, then how he played this year was was not bad at all. Um, <laughs> I mean, I mean, he was like he couldn't make a two hand catch to save his life with Green Bay last year, and um, and he's he's making spectacular one handed grabs um, for for Chicago. He had fifty catches for just about five hundred yards and eight touchdowns. So that's that's a productive season from a tight end, um, in my book. Yeah. But um, 
All right. His career really got derailed by that ACL. Yeah. Um, all right. So I guess it's time, I guess, as we are you know, about to close the show here soon. One thing we haven't talked about is the national championship game. Idiot number three. So the Alabama Crimson Tide. Now there's actually another candidate, but just I'm not gonna let's run through the Bucks on the Washington in the Washington real quick. Um okay. Taylor Heineke, dynamic runner, really nice touchdown run. Bucks really had to control that game, though. I mean, let's just say what it is. Now uh, let's go to the national championship. Idiot number three for today. Now there's a couple of candidates. You could say uh, Ohio State because they just decided, hey, let's not guard the Heisman Trophy winner. Let's just not guard him. Let's leave him nah. as wide open as possible. Why, would you that? Why, why wouldn't you put your first or second round projected corner on him? I mean, you, you know, just um, let, let's try to confuse him a little bit. You know, be like, hey, I mean, he's that open. Oh crap. Um, um, there's yeah. no way he's that open. Is there's he really? No is he way. really? What? You could say that. The idiot of the day is now seven-time national champion Nick Saban in the Alabama Crimson Tide. Why is that? Here's why. You have a player by the name – he wears number 17. His name is Jalen Waddle. Mm-hmm. He is a – now, let, let me give you guys a little story, all right? So, I'm a Kentucky Wildcat basketball fan. Coach Calipari is one of the greatest coaches of all time in college basketball – it because of his recruiting and like the influence he's had on college basketball. So unfortunately for us, we had a awful start to the year. I think we started like one in six. We started we we dropped off. five in a row. Yeah, and we brought off three more. We brought off three consecutive wins. Have a couple of big time games to get us back in the mix. But anyway, that's besides the point. Um, well, one more thing. We still kind. I still think we control our own destiny. You know. Um, but even though we're four and six, that's besides the point. It's a player on Kentucky. I forget his name. His name's not uh, getting to me right now. But when Kentucky, when we were bad, like god awful, one and six, Coach Calipari said he's he he said basically, "Hey, look, your future is not worth this. You can be drafted in the NBA. Opt out. Keep, go train. Get ready for the next step. Jalen Waddle's gonna be a, a first round pick this year." In the NFL draft, easy. Guarantee, easy, guarantee it. By the way, just throw this out there. That's that would be four first on Alabama receivers in the past, in the two, last years. two seasons. Yep. And we're wondering why Tua didn't have this the dominant rookie season like, um, like he was at Alabama. Right. So, and you see multiple uh, players, athletes, Jalen Ramsey, uh, Darius Leonard, and others saying, "No, you." We get the heart of Jalen Ramsey. I mean, not Jalen Ramsey, Jalen Waddle. The competitiveness that makes you say, nope, I'm going out there with my guys, okay? I'm that much of a competitor. But you got to be as a coach, and I'm not dogging Nick Saban to the point, like, come on, he got such a champion. I mean, come on now. But you're going to tell me that you guys would have lived without him? You guys would have still beat the crap out of Ohio State with or without Jalen Waddle. Okay, so you have to protect him from himself. His future is not worth that. Okay, if he was a Matt, if that was Mac Jones, for example, I could say, yeah, go ahead, yeah, play. Your future isn't set in stone yet, right? This guy Wallace could be a first round. He might be. He might go top ten. We might see twelve Alabama receivers go top ten. 
that, three total receivers too. Yeah, that is possible. And what if, what if, you know, obviously they want this to happen. What if like he, you know, did something even worse than what he previously had done to his ankle. Now, instead of being a top 10 pick, getting the absolute bag, right? Now, yeah, he might still be a first round pick. It'll be a lot later first. And and the, the contracts from, even from number one to number two, really take a, I mean, you're talking top 10, top five to top 10, and then top 10 to top 32. It's it's a big difference in terms right. of signing bonus and, and guaranteed money at signing. Right. It's a big difference. Okay. So obviously Alabama's not the idiot of the day because they just beat the crap out of Ohio State. No, that's obviously that's not why. It's because you got to save your player from themselves. Oh, obviously, if you're this high level of an athlete, I would hope you like have that inner competitiveness and want to play and love the game. That's Unless you're my, Jay Cutler. Unless you're Jay Cutler, right? Or Josh Rosen, apparently. Or um, ah, oh, crap. I feel like we're just naming people. The, the biggest, the biggest draft bust of all time. Raiders. I'm forgetting his name now. Jamarcus Russell. Jamarcus Russell. There he is. Oh my God, that was. <laughs> hey, that... coach. I, I loved all the plays. Um, anyone you want to call, I'm comfortable with it. Let's let's get going this week. There were no plays. Wow. Yeah, that was hilarious. Um. Alabama, come on now. The, the the system, you you guys have a system in place. So I'm never I'm not gonna question you guys. Come on, man. All right, Sean, real quick before we wrap up the episode, um, I want to ask you a question. Then we have um, and then I actually want to ask you two questions. Okay. Number one, who is receiver you in the college football? In college football. I think it's gotta be Alabama. It has to be. Like QBU is probably Oklahoma, at least of late anyway. I agree. Um running back you really doesn't matter. It's just like whoever has the you like got offensive line you, probably Notre Dame for the top guys, but Iowa for the all-around guys. Um Notre Dame, Iowa, Wisconsin has some good ones. Um Alabama normally has some really good ones too. Uh, YBC, yeah, YBC review has to be Alabama. Has to be. I mean, I mean, think about it. You, Jalen Wall, Devonta Smith, Henry Ruggs, and Jerry Judy, just in the past two years. They um, put uh, Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper, Julio Jones. Julio, oh my God. I mean, um, Calvin Ridley went to Alabama. It's 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 crazy how <laughs> how good this these guys are at really developing their receivers. But here's what I'll say. I think. There's number two is so far away from Alabama's level, but I think number two probably is is Clemson. Um, DeAndre Hopkins, Justin Ross. Although I think you can make I think you can make an argument for LSU um, as of lately, but I, I don't want to get you know caught Odell up in Landry bias. Chase Jefferson. Um, but I actually might take LSU over uh, Clemson. I don't know. If you look at Clemson, you've got Sammy Watkins, uh, Martavis Bryant, DeAndre Hopkins, um, and guys coming out this year like Justin Ross and Amari Rodgers. It's – let's just say the, the, the SEC but, is but very, it doesn't very matter. good it doesn't matter. It's, receivers. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's, it's Alabama. Um, second <laughs> um, question. Yeah. Um, so what, what do you think the Nets – Kevin Rant obviously was out pretty much all last week. Um, with with COVID um, uh, suspension, whatever you want to call it. 
Now Kyrie Irving is not expected to join the back with the Nets this week after attending a maskless birthday party with his family. Um, now, I don't really think you can blame him. Maybe put on a mask. That may be a smart thing to do, but it is your family. It's uh, somebody's birthday. I think that's reasonable. But do you think the Nets can basically pull a Clippers on themselves and, and really vastly underperform uh, despite their expectations? Um, I'm just going to say this. I've been going my gut recently, and it's worked out. I have a different vibe with this Nets team. Maybe it's because I just trust KD a lot more than I trust Paul George. I trust Kyrie a lot more than Paul George. Um, no, it's not Kawhi, just Paul George. And well, I, I was KD. I still kind of sort of trust him more than Kawhi. Pandemic but, but but my point is, I just have a different vibe. I feel now. Would I be surprised necessarily? No, but I just have a different like gut feeling about this pairing, and that when the chips are on the line, they're going to get it done. They'll at least make the conference finals. They're not going to completely clipper it up. And uh, really quickly, before we wrap the show up, one thing that I uh, we somehow did not, I thought you could ask me a different question, um, is that the Philadelphia Eagles apparently watch our show. They follow my three-step affordable action plan that is going to make the Eagles somewhat relevant. And I'm going to say this. Imagine Arthur Smith in Philly calling play calls with a Shanahan scheme. You get Devonta Smith or Chase in there as a wide receiver with Weds or Hurts. You still have Hurts. Uh, say, oh, my God, Philly's offense could be. I, I will say with the aging offensive line and Zachary, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if it would be necessarily all that or Arthur Smith's best position. But, hey, how about Adam Gase? Just flip-flop Doug Peterson and Adam Gase. Might as well. I, I There was rumors that Adam Gase is – or the Eagles are interested in Adam Gase. So they're just flopping. I Philly believe it was – no, it was Doug Peterson and uh, – no, there, there was also one with Adam Gase to Philly. So, oh. yeah, we're going full Madden, uh, Dan Quinn to the, uh, the Texans and Bill O'Brien to the Falcons. Go check out our Chargers Rebuild. Episode 2 dropped today. In seven um, minutes. Thank you all for – Watching Sports Headlines, this episode of Sports Headlines. Um, follow us on Twitter, Instagram. Um, go subscribe on YouTube where Sports Headlines. Um, John Davis, Warner Shaker, signing off. See you later. Bye.